Pastor Xavier Reese demonstrates the right and wrong way of achieving holiness. How many people have gone out to the wilderness to afflict themselves, to sleep on beds of nails? God wants that? I go down to Mexico City, I see people walking on their knees up the villa. Their bones exposed, blood all over. You think God wants that? Of course not, He doesn't. Luther whipped himself over and over again until he came to realize that he was saved by grace through faith of Galatians. Grace alone, no works. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Hazing is a common ritual among clubs, athletic teams, or other groups as an extreme and frequently violent form of initiation that often has nothing whatsoever to do with the purpose and practices of the organization the applicant wishes to be included. Similarly, there were quite a few meaningless actions certain legalists required of the early church as a show of devotion to God. Pastor Xavier highlights the futileness of such practices as he continues his study of the book of Colossians. Let's open our Bibles to chapter 2 for today's Simple Truths message titled, The Marks of False Spirituality. It is in Christ that sinners are made saints, and the guilty are acquitted by the work of the cross. Now, anytime you want to add to that or take away from that, then you are unscriptural. Paul says that very, very clear. And yet, despite of the clarity of this proclamation consistently through the Scripture, there are always those who want to add to the work of Christ and actually are teaching that the atonement of Christ is not sufficient by their practice. They won't say it with their mouth, but by their practice, they demonstrate that they're not resting on the finished work of Christ. Now, these methods and practices are based on human efforts and often are used as a judge on other individual spirituality or the lack thereof. And they are also to demonstrate their own self-righteousness. Paul the Apostle gives to us here a threefold proclamation in order that the Colossians not be taken in by this false spirituality that has nothing to do with God or the work of God for salvation. And he gives us these in verses 16 through 23. So let me read our text and I'll give you the three points. He says, so let no one judge you in food or drink or regarding the festivals or the new moons or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding to things which he has not seen vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind, and not holding fast the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. Therefore, if you die with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using, according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things, indeed, have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. And so Paul's threefold proclamation against this false spirituality, here it is, real simple. First, don't give in to legalism, verse 17 and 18. Secondly, don't give in to mysticism, verses 18 and 19. And then thirdly, don't give in to asceticism, verse 20 through 23. He just knocks them off, one, two, three. He begins 
with the very first legalism. First, notice he says that legalism is a judgment against the finished work of Christ as insufficient. Mark the words, so let no one. I'm always amazed of how easy people love biblical truth for human teaching. The Bible's right, not man. Very important. Notice the prohibition was against allowing these false teachers to judge them. Regarding what? Food, drink, and special days. Literally, it says, stop letting anyone judge you. The liberties over meats and drinks, vegetables, meats, Paul deals with in Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 8 and 9. That's a conscious matter. If you like meat, fine. You're free to eat it. You feel vegetables the way, that's fine. But if you start saying that everybody should eat vegetables because the Bible teaches it, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed, John 8, 36 says. Are you free? Can you allow other people to be free? Jesus said, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of God. That's an incredible statement, Matthew 5, 20. The Pharisees were the religious rulers. They were the greatest people. They were the ones holy to God. Jesus says, got it wrong. Except your righteousness exceeds theirs, you'll never enter. The observance of certain days are irrelevant. Each one is to be persuaded in their own mind, Paul says in Romans 14, 5, and 6. Don't let no one judge you of new moon, Sabbath days, feast days. Each man esteems it in his own conscience, and he does it as unto the Lord. No one is to judge you or myself over matters of days and that. As a matter of fact, some of the most religious people are real sanctimonious, and they wouldn't miss a certain holiday. But yet, it's just ritual and mechanics. And God says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 1, verse 13, you make me sick. Just close the door. Don't even offer it. Jesus is our Sabbath. Matthew 11, Mark 2, Hebrews 4. We rest in him. As a matter of fact, the early church met on Sunday. It's very clear. In Acts uh, 20, verse 7, and 1 Corinthians 16, 1, Paul was preaching on Sunday because he went to the synagogue on Saturday, and then he preached to the church on Sunday. And as a matter of fact, in 1 Corinthians 16, 1, he says, when you are gathered together the first day of the week, set apart whatever you're going to give to the Lord, the first day of the week. Many Pentecostal churches hold a very self-righteous legalism that is foreign to the Bible, and they teach that women cannot wear pants, but they take it out of context. The context is in Deuteronomy 22.5, where it says a woman shall not wear anything that pertains to a man, nor shall a man put on anything that pertains to a woman's garment, for all who do such things are an abomination to the Lord. It's in the context of impersonating a man. It says nothing about women not being able to wear pants, but it's legalism, right? They say you can't wear jewelry. Because of the golden calf. They took their earrings off, melted, made the golden calf. Well, put it in its context. It's not saying that. Now, make sure you don't walk around looking like a Christmas tree, <laughs> Mr. T or something, but you know, it's all right. They get down on makeup too. Well, you know what old J. Vernon McGee used to say. Even an old barn looks better with a coat of paint. But make sure that you don't give us the idea that the circus is in town. Moderation. That's all. No big deal. That doesn't make you godly. That doesn't make you ungodly. 
But we get all these taboos, right? We get self-righteous. What man esteems highly, it's an abomination before God. Don't allow yourself to be put in bondage by legalism. That's what it is. Galatians 4, 9, and 5, 1. It brings you back into bondage over and over and over again. Legalism. Don't let anyone make you feel inferior or condemn you through legalism. Legalism is man's attempts to establish his own righteousness. Legalism is an addition to the work of Christ, and legalism sets itself as a critical judge. Don't give in to legalism. Secondly, he says, don't give in to mysticism, verses 18 and 19. Verse 18, he says, first, mysticism is cheating people of their reward. Again, many of these phrases are direct quotes of the false teachers. The word cheat means to rob you, to umpire you. You're out of there. <laughs> they make a judgment on you. The reason the false teachers were declaring the Colossians disqualified was due to one simple fact. They were not playing according to their rules, their unscriptural rules. They had their own rules. They weren't trusting Christ to be the rule. The command is in the imperative, let no one keep defrauding you of your price. The reward was what? They were attempting to rob them of their completeness in Christ. That's the reward. You believe in Jesus Christ? You repent of your sins? You know what your reward is? You are seen complete in Christ. You are a brand new creature. That's your reward. Don't let no one rob you of that. How did you get it? Did you not commit certain sins? No. I believe in Christ by faith, and he cleansed me from all sin and changed my life. That's your reward. Your reward is you're complete in Christ. In other words, do not keep on allowing anyone to deny your claim to be a Christian, to declare you disqualified in relationship to Christ, who has prized you with himself and salvation, making you complete in him. Notice secondly, still verse 18, mysticism is based on human pride. They take delight in false humility. The idea is a voluntary or human origin, not God. The practice is identified by the word delight, meaning devoted oneself. It is a kind of religious humility that says, I'm proud that I'm humble. <laughs> they were devoted to angel worship. Very clear here. They were into the worship of angels based on false humility. Underline that. Based on false humility. Not thinking themselves worthy to come to God through the sufficiency of Christ. It's a false humility. They say, oh, well, you know, I don't, you know I'm not sufficient to come to God, so I'll just, I'll, we'll go to the angels. Wrong. That's false humility. You're spitting in God's face. The false teachers, remember, were teaching the need of intermediaries, eons, emanations, for special knowledge. The same goes on in many different religions. They have different mediators. Some of you came out of religions who had mediators, intercessors, saints, virgins, everything else. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, 1 Timothy 2.5. Acts 4.12 says there's no other name given under heaven and earth whereby men must be saved. It's pretty narrow. You can't put no one between God and Jesus. Very important. It's false humility. Notice the word not. It's not found in the best of texts, but you don't need it because the rest of the sentence reveals the fact that they were professing out of their own vanity. They weren't really seeing what they said they were seeing. Their worship of these angels, which they were devoutly giving themselves over to, was a product of their figment of their own imagination, it says. Look at the word puffed up. 
It means simply to inflate. Blow a balloon up, that's it. The exaltation was of their own doing. Mere hot air. The origin is clear. Their fleshly minds. That which is carnal in nature. Void of God. And in fact, an enemy of God. Romans 8, 7. Notice thirdly in verse 19. Mysticism is the outcome of not depending on Christ. They were not holding fast to the head, which is Christ. Jesus is the head of the church. He told us that in chapter 1, verse 18. Jesus is the head of all principalities and powers, referring to the spirits and angels in chapter 2, verse 10. Jesus is the head of the body. Now he tells us here in chapter 2, verse 19. You see, they were not part of all the body of Christ by not acknowledging the head who gives the commands without contradiction. You cannot take orders about God from anybody but God. Very important. They were not being nourished by Christ the head, but malnourished by their own heads. If you're not running your life by the word of God, the head Jesus Christ, then you're malnourishing yourself by your own pride, by your own ignorance. The entire picture in this verse has the idea of a living organism, as I said. The body of Christ, the church, which is intimately joined and dependent on Christ to function according to his will. And he gives us that picture again in Ephesians 4.16. That's the whole purpose of the church, to perfect the saints, to do the work of ministry, that every joint and ligament is doing its own part for the efficiency of the body as a whole. Not too long ago, there was a movement, a very strong movement. It's still going. They declared they could see auras around you. You're standing there, you have your aura, and there's angels here, there, everything. It began with inner healing, with imagery. You know, just think yourself out there in the stream, and, and Jesus is walking towards you in a slow motion, and there's screams blowing, and he just comes and he touches you, and he heals you. And, you know, the Bible says meditate on the word, not imagine your own reality. The Bible's not new age. Be careful of syncretism. People who are into mysticism and contradict the word of God are dominated by their depraved natures or by demons. 1 John 4, 1 and 3 says, we have to try the spirits. So a lot of it's just phony, but there's some that's really demonic, okay? So we can't exclude that. Mystics who worship angels and other mediums rather than Christ Paul says, let him be anathema, the strongest word, damnation in the Greek, Galatians 1.8. Hebrews 1.14 says, angels are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation, you and I. We don't worship them. They serve us. We don't even know where they're at. This room's full of angels, I've told you, good and bad. But they're not here for us to worship them. As a matter of fact, when John bowed down to worship the angel in the book of Revelation, chapter 19.10 and 22.8.9, the angel says, don't worship me, worship God, I'm a fellow servant. You see, Christ has made the new and living way by the flesh, the veil of his, of his body in Hebrews 10, 20. No other way. And so don't give in to mysticism. Be scriptural. Notice third and last, he says, don't give in to asceticism. Verse 20 and 23. And it's real simple, real clear, he says it. First, asceticism is based on human religion and regulations. So why do you anyone wants to subject themselves to it, he says in verse 20. He's saying, why would you want to submit yourself to legalism, to mysticism, and asceticism that I'm going to tell you about? Why would you want to do that since you come to Christ? Why would you put yourself under that? Notice the question poses based on their past conversion. Why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourself to these regulations? 
The statement is a mild rebuke to any person who would do so. The Apostle Paul identifies these legalistic and mystical practices as a pagan origin. How? Basic principles of the day. Sacred days, years, pagan calendars. So he's already identified Levitical law in verse 16 and 17. Now he identifies the pagan practice and this blending of the two. The false teachers were using worldly so-called wisdom to measure, here it is, spirituality. You can't do that. Notice in verse 21 and 22, he says asceticism focuses on what a person cannot do. The false teacher's philosophical and religious slogan is quoted here. Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, do not touch, which means to fasten oneself, to cling to with a conscious effort. Do not taste means to partake and then desire. Do not handle means to handle with such a way that you are ascertaining the quality of the object, feeling and groping. The whole focus is on not. I don't do this. I don't do that. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't chew. And I don't go out with girls who do. That kind of philosophy. <laughs> the focus was on the outward, not the inward. The belief of matter being evil and spirit being good was the reason they were teaching this. And so you have the two extremes, right? You have the result of asceticism because matter is evil. The Gnostics said, you don't want to have nothing to do with matter. And because spirit is good, and that's God, and they can't meet together, but I'm spirit and body also, so I can enjoy both of them. I'll worship God in spirit, and I'll just pollute myself in the flesh, and one does not affect the other. We've got a lot of people living like that in the church today. They're Gnostics, <laughs> not Christians. Notice the identity of these things all concern things which what? are physical and human, verse 22 says. They are things that are temporary, not eternal things. They perish with the using. They are things that cannot make one holy or godly. They are sourced in the knowledge of man, not God's word. The word commandments of men means precepts. The doctrine of men means teaching or instruction. They're not of God. They're of man. They're nifty little regulations that says if you do this, you please God. Now, I hope we all understand that there are certain things we don't do. When I was in the world, I did a lot of things. Now that I'm a Christian, I don't do those things. Not that I cannot do them. I have the capacity. I don't want to. You know why? Because they separate me from God. And they only serve my own purpose. And they destroy lives. And God has given me the ability to be new and to live above that by the grace of God. Doesn't make me any better than you. I'm saved by grace. Notice thirdly, verse 23. Asceticism, legalism, and mysticism, here it is, are all show. These disciplines have an appearance of wisdom. Underline appearance. An appearance of wisdom. It is not drawn from the treasury of Christ, therefore a counterfeit. Chapter 2, verse 3. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. These disciplines are based on self-imposed religion, which is false humility, verse 23 says also there. The philosophy of man's traditions and worldly basic principles that Paul talked about in chapter 2, verse 8. These disciplines thoroughly neglect the body, he says. It is not dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit. 
but rather on severe abusive treatment of the body as an enemy. How many people have gone out to the wilderness to afflict themselves, to deny themselves, to sleep on beds of nails? God wants that? I go down to Mexico City. I see people walking on their knees down the villa, up the villa. Their bones exposed, blood all over. You think God wants that? Of course not, he doesn't. That's why Jesus died and bled for you. Because there's nothing you can do to deserve Christ. It doesn't please God, it grieves God. Luther whipped himself over and over again until he came to realize that he was saved by grace through faith of Galatians. And that's where the Protestant Reformation came in. Grace alone, no works. Jesus reveals that no amount of asceticism will result in holiness for the problem is of the heart. Listen to him. Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. These are the things that defile a man, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Matthew 15, 17 through 20. Because the, the Pharisees said, oh, you got to wash your hands a certain way and tip them this way because, you know, there's demons sitting on them. If you eat, then you eat a demon. That was one of the teachings, man's teachings. People still believe today Christians can be demon-possessed. They still believe the same line. Those who teach asceticism for godliness regarding the denial of food, drink, and marriage are contradicting the Scriptures. 1 Timothy 4, 3 and 4 tells us it's a mark of the last days. Very important. God never called you to put a heavy burden on you that you can't bear. The disciplines of fasting and seeking God and any type of self-denial to seek God are commendable. To fast for a while or I'm seeking the Lord. But they don't make me holier. They don't make me more righteous than you. Otherwise, you're like the Pharisee. Listen to the Pharisee. He stood and prayed with himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. You know the rest of the story. The tax collector's over there with his face down, hitting his breast. He says, Lord, propitiate me, a sinner. Wow. Jesus says, you see that man? He prayed to himself. You see that beggar, the tax collector? He walked away justified. Mm. Luke 18, 11 through 12. You see, the problem with man-made religion, legalism, mysticism, asceticism, whatever it is, is that it teaches the fear of God based on the doctrine and commandments of man. And you don't fear God scripturally. Get in the word of God and you'll see what the fear of God is. You'll know exactly what he wants in your life. Run it through the word. Don't give in to asceticism. Otherwise, you know, if you fall into any of these disciplines, you're like that Quaker. This Quaker hearing a strange noise in his house one night got up and he discovered a burglar busily at work. And so he went and got his gun, then came back and stood quietly in the doorway. Friend, he said, I would do thee no harm for the world, but thee stand this where I'm about to shoot. <laughs> Interesting. Are you like that, Quaker? Remember, Paul's 3-4 proclamation exposes the false teachers about their false spirituality. Mm, be real. Be real, man. You don't deny your humanity. You are capable of any sin, but you don't deny the power of God to have you live above it. Don't give in to legalism. Don't give in to mysticism. 
don't give it to asceticism. You're complete in Christ. Pastor Xavier Reese, drawing to a close a very important study cautioning against some faulty methods to holiness, as we find in Colossians chapter 2. Now you can pick up a copy of today's study on CD when the title to ask for is The Marks of False Spirituality. It's available for only $4. And this will include everything shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is The Marks of False Spirituality, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And it's important that you mention the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. Today, Pastor Xavier Reese warned us of many false practices for holy living. So how shall we then live? Well, don't miss next time as he explains how to live the risen life. Hope you'll be back. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California www.calvarychapelpasadena.com